Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The jukebox is broke. It only plays country. All these sounds of moans and whistles. I'ma try. Catching up on times about out of sight From the corner of the barroom You could hear a lonesome sound That's when my friend stood up And said let's figure this problem out The jukebox is broke it only plays country All these songs of Wayne and Jinx And Charlie Bright Sit down and listen here You just might have offended everyone here As if you've ever had your heart broke Or felt that American pride Just listen to this music You might hear your story tonight The jukebox ain't broke if it only plays country All these songs of Conway Twitty That's a climb When you hear the sound of twin fiddles playing Jukebox ain't broke If it only plays country So much to come With the things that most folks have forgotten Hey, listen here, bartender I know what this music's for Give me a roll of quarters So I can play a whole lot more The jukebox ain't broke if it only plays country All these songs of willingness and Tulsa time 
So the jukebox ain't broke. Is this your answer to Alan Jackson's Don't Rock the Jukebox? Or what is this about? <laughs> you know, that, that song of Alan Jackson's I grew up playing as a kid, Don't Rock the Jukebox. And it, as a kid growing up, I I remember going into some old places and actually seeing jukeboxes and ones that still worked, that actually would have the arm grab the the old, you know, uh, 45, whatever they, what kind of every jukebox it was made uh, for at the time. They were and called they were, 45s. That, 45s, That's what yeah. we actually called a single when oh, I was growing up. Oh, there you go. Yeah. See, there, see, how, see how confused <laughs> I am? It had an A yeah. side and a B side. There you go. Of yeah. the single. It's <laughs> so though, I, I remember watching the arm come down and grab the record whenever you selected a song and it would actually place it and then the needle would come on and it would play. And it's these big machines that are just, they're, they're bulky and they're big and they, they, they seem to be just kind of the center of the room. They usually have these neon lights and they're just kind of these iconic things that it's, it's just one of the things that, that like really captures uh, music. And it doesn't matter if it's country music or if it's uh, rock or, or jazz, whatever it is, those jukeboxes are really the, the, they look like the heart of the music in a, in a joint or in a, in a venue. I just remember thinking as a kid, the jukeboxes are really cool. I liked them. I liked them a lot. But, you know, I've grown up in a, in the age now to where, you know, we've got f- music on our phones and you can play them in your car. You really don't listen to radio that much anymore. And, you know, even CDs are something that people aren't really using that much anymore. And the jukebox ain't broke. Definitely not an answer to Alan Jackson's Don't Rock the Jukebox, but it was kind of a, along the lines of wanting to be setting the scene in a place just like uh don't rock the jukebox you're definitely in a in a, a place where a jukebox is present at at the bar or at the at um the place where you're you're at to dance and where the idea of the song came from was i i'm a huge fan of longmire the the tv show longmire and in the very first episode of longmire you'll you'll see the bar owner in that kind of pop up behind a jukebox and he tells Walt, Walt Longmire, he says, you know, the jukebox is broke, Walt. It, it only plays country. And I was watching that show with my best friend and I thought, man, that's a song. That is a song. And it was cool, a little hook line that they put into the the episode. But I looked up if anybody had written a song with that hook line and nobody had. And I thought, you know what? There's a lot of people that are not big fans of country music, but then they end up becoming fans of country music eventually through a friend or maybe they get their heart broken or maybe they're very patriotic and they they hear a country song where it kind of turns their ear and it starts to change their mind that oh country music is there's more to it than i thought and some of my friends have told me you know i i don't really listen to country but i like your country i thought that there was a song there for sure and so the jukebox ain't broke or the jukebox is broke um is really the title of it is a, is about two buddies that are hanging out and and he's just saying hey the jukebox is broke it's only it only plays country music it doesn't play any of the other genres of music that I want to listen to you know it's broken then his buddies explaining to him no you don't understand uh, the jukebox ain't broke country music is enough it is enough to help you mend your heart it's a, it's enough to help you have a good time it's enough to help you through anything that you're going through with life it talks about that archetype of person that maybe sits at the bar who will drown their their sorrows away in country music and letting that kind of mend their heart. And so we decided to write this this song. And my my best friend Brendan and I, uh, Brendan Border and I wrote this song together one day and we we put it together in I think maybe 30 minutes we wrote the song. And we wanted this song to have a really 
traditional sound to it. This is a Western swing song. Classic. Classic Western swing. And I played music growing up with uh, some of the best Western swing players out there. Uh, David Waters, who was a guitarist for me for a long time, he's in the Texas Western Swing Hall of Fame. Phenomenal guitarist. And he really turned me on to a lot of Western swing. People like Billy Mata that uh, I grew up listening to and knowing. You know, Bobby Flores was another that really played a lot of Western swing. And I revered these men and they, they helped to shape me in music. And this song, I knew that it needed to have a very traditional sound and we wanted to make it a shuffle. That two step and shuffle sound. It's a signature sound of, of Texas honky tonks. We wrote this song with that shuffle and we just made it really Western swing. It's got the twin fiddles in there. And we wanted you to feel like, man, I am in a honky-tonk in Texas when I'm listening to this song. We wanted it to really transport somebody into that that atmosphere in their mind. So the two fiddles, very prominent yes. in the song. Tinkling piano keys. There is kind of a saloon kind of sound. A yeah. saloon piano. Right. Yeah. So we really wanted to get the musicians going on this song and, and to really bring it to life with what we were trying to talk about in the song with the lyrics that somebody is kind of being converted to country music. Yeah. So the elements of Western swing, shuffle beat, mm -hmm. tinkling saloon piano keys, <laughs> two fiddles. Mm -hmm. Twin fiddles. Yeah. What this, else? Is that the core of what you need? You know, I think that country music today, people have a lot of opinions about it. I think country music has more opinions about it now than it has in the history of country music. There's been so many different types of genres that have kind of wiggled their way into country. And I think that we've seen country music really have its face changed uh, in the last 10 uh, to 20 years, um, you know, 2000s and, and now into uh, 2010 and on to now. I believe that this sound really helps to hold on to the roots of country music. I've heard a lot of great new country music that I like, but I grew up with a very traditional sound with my band. And I grew up with a dad who listened to very traditional sound that was in love with people like Merle Haggard. I was in love with people like Johnny Cash and, you know, Ernest Tubb and, and, and all the guys that are just some of the very, you know, founders and forefathers of, of a lot of the sound in Nashville. Well, we wanted to make sure that we grabbed the roots of country music and to just give the the solid, heartfelt feelings that that the shuffle and the twin fiddles can offer and the the ability to have someone hear a traditional song come out brand new. And one of my favorite bands is a Midland that's uh, really hot in the scene right now. And these guys are playing some of the smoothest traditional country music that I've heard, but it's all brand new. It brings a lot of hope to me because I feel like there's not really a place for this song, The Jukebox is Broke, but guys like them are really busting open the door for that traditional sound to come back into Nashville and to have a place and to be credible. I think the only place you see jukeboxes are at the IHOP anymore. <laughs> is that right? Or, you know, they, or do they have them in... You're from near San Antonio in Houston, which is which is close. I, I grew up in the San Antonio area. You call it San Antonio, yeah. San Antonio. You're, that's what you're we call San Antonio. Yes, sir. You're a Spurs fan. You know, I I really haven't followed a lot of okay. a lot of uh, sports, but because um, too busy in the honky tonks. There you go. I understand that, but where you come from, do they still have jukeboxes? 
There's definitely jukeboxes in a lot of places that I still go to. There's actually a place here in Utah, the Shooting Star Saloon. They've got an old jukebox in there. And we love to go in there and, and put quarters in that thing and pick the songs. And there's a certain sound off of those old 45s that you can't really hear today. Everything is so mastered and everything is so well produced that you can actually take those old 45s, play them, and you will get a tone and a sound that is just vintage. And I don't believe that it can be replicated very well with the technology we have. It's almost too advanced to give a lot of that that fatter sound that the 45s could offer with the mix that they put on those 45s. So sometimes one of my best friends, uh, Travis Bishop, who now plays keyboard for um, Neil McCoy, him and I would hook up his old record player that he had bought. I don't know if he got it at a pawn shop or somewhere, but we would hook up these old records that we'd find at the pawn shop. And him and I would just sit late at night and listen to these old 45 records of these classic songs like classic George Strait, or we would listen to some Merle Haggard, or we would listen to uh, some of our favorite, favorite bands that, that were recorded on those old, those old vinyl records. And we couldn't believe the tone we were hearing. And I think that that's something that we should really try to incorporate in the newer country music is trying to get a lot of the older tones that you would hear on those old records to now be a sound that the newer generation can hear. And they can say, wow, that tone came from a long time ago. And it was, it wasn't broke then and it's not broken now. So why fix it? And that's something that I hope that we can continue to put in, in, in my music is a lot of that, that older traditional sound. So you go into the studio, how do you select the fiddle players and the piano player and the other musicians for this song? You're going for this vintage classic vibe. And how do you communicate that to them or is it just in their blood? One of my good friends that runs a studio out in Tyler, Texas, I told him about what sound I have. And I actually recorded the the songs in my own little studio and I played each instrument in my studio to try to give a little bit of the sound I'm going for. And whenever he heard it, he said, I understand exactly what you're going for. And he was able to actually select the players from around Texas that he believed would be able to give me that tone and give me that sound. And so we, we essentially handpicked the people that we wanted for these songs and boy, did they deliver. And I was very happy with what I heard and I think that's an important thing that whenever artists want to go to record a song, they need to have the right musician to play that number. You know, Brent Mason's one of the best guitarists to ever live. And he's one of the top guitarists in Nashville. And he's on so many different people's records. And they want that tone. They want that signature sound that Brent Mason can offer. And when you hear him play, you know that's Brent Mason. So, What is it about it that sounds like it? I know exactly what you're describing. uh But it's a guitar. Is it the type of guitar he's playing or the style or how he's a combination of everything? You, you know, it's a good question. Every guitarist has their style. Yeah. Like whenever you hear Santana, you, Santana, you know, play, yeah. Eric Clapton, you yeah, know, yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan, yeah. you can recognize their playing. They have a certain tone and they have a certain voicing in their guitar that, that really puts a stamp on them. It, it's there. You can hear it. You know, Brad Paisley, anytime I hear, I could pick his guitar out of anywhere. It's, I just know his tone. And, and I love that you can almost hear Brad Paisley in that tone. This sounds like a twang 
an American twang to me. And then maybe that's a classic Western swing vintage component is that American twang, but the combination of the elements is beautiful. The, um, the twin fiddles, what is it? What are you looking for when you have two fiddle players playing? What, what is it about, you know, two versus one, you know, that, that you're trying to expand the sound of that? What are you looking for there? Whenever you put twin fiddles together, in my opinion, it's really hard to not make it sound like country. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things where you are able to bring to life a certain emotion with those twin fiddles. I listened to Faded Love as a kid, which was a song that had been around for decades before I was ever even a thought. And in Faded Love, you hear these twin fiddles play. And I remember the captivating ability of those twin fiddles that I was just drawn to that sound. And first off, a fiddle's got its own tone, but when you put two together, boy, it's almost like you're hearing two hearts cry to you, you know, in a certain sense. And I, I felt like having twin fiddles on this song would be able to really bring forward the emotion of traditional country music that it has to offer. And it's, and it's almost signature, especially in Western swing, twin fiddles were just, I mean, that is kind of the bread and butter right there. It's your meat and potatoes. And people just love to listen to the fiddle. You know, I mean, even Alabama said, if you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. And, and they're so true. You got to have that tone because those people want it and they love it. You use the feeling of lonesome mm-hmm. in the song. That seems like a classic vintage idea. Yeah. Talk to me about being lonesome in, in a song. <laughs> you know, with all the songwriters that you've been able to get to know and interview and, and uh, have on your show, I think that they all can concur that being lonesome is one of the best places you can be to have creativity. And um, I think you need to take those opportunities when you're heartbroken or whenever you're sad or you're lonely to make it a creative experience or a creative opportunity. And in my life, I feel like I've missed out on a lot of opportunities where I was heartbroken and I could have written some great music, but I kind of chose to not do that. And I I regret it. And now that whenever I feel a certain emotion with, if I'm going through something in life, it's amazing to me how, how much emotion inspires songwriting. I'm sure you can agree with me that real experiences in life make the best songs. And you love hearing the backstory to songs, mainly because you you understand there's more to it. Where did this song come from? A lot of, that's what I ask myself whenever I hear songs is, I would love to hear the backstory to that song because somebody went through something and they had a certain emotion going on and they were able to write this tune. And I would love to know the backstory. To me, that is the most satisfying thing with, with songwriting is that you can literally help someone else feel your emotion or help someone else get through their hard time because you can now allow them to relate to you. And they say, man, I understand exactly what that guy's saying in that emotion. And I'm right there with them. So there's a evolution of the protagonist in this song. Right. Tell me what happens to him in your head. The story of the song, the guy that is saying, hey, the jukebox is broke. It only plays country. 
he becomes converted to country music by the end of the song. And he realizes, holy smokes, this, this genre of music, it speaks to me. It's patriotic. It can heal a broken heart. It can relate to me. It can drown my sorrows. And it can help my heart cry whenever I've been, you know, just completely broken up with or relationships ended. And he realizes, dang, country music is good for me. It's right for me. And at the end of the song, he the lyric changes from the jukebox is broke to the jukebox ain't broke if it only plays country. You know, he he kind of becomes a believer in country music. And and I, I wanted to write that because I felt like there were some of my friends who I've actually watched convert to country music and become country music fans. Not that they have left another genre that they're faithful to, because if you look at my playlist on my phone, you'll be surprised at how many songs on there are not country. I would say not even 50% of my playlist is country. He added the the genre of country music to all the songs and music that he likes and can see now that it's something that he can he can uh, really relate to. So in the Marines, did you convert anybody to become a country music fan <laughs> in this way? You know, in the Marine Corps, there's been a couple of Marines that who are also musicians that I've been able to serve with. Um, that the are, Marines like country music. This is- oh, Marines love country music. <laughs> okay, good. But, Let's but, make that clear. <laughs> but there's but there's also a lot of Marines that that don't, and they're they're more into metal or or uh, hard rock or or uh, hip hop. You no, know, yeah, all kinds of rap. different genres, uh, R and B. Um, but there there has been a couple of Marines that I've known that said, you know what, I getting to know you has helped me to like country music more, and they. I think the more they got to know me, they would they would realize, you know what, this is, this is an all right dude, and he plays country music, and they'd actually listen to my music, and they'd say, knowing you and hearing this music, I feel like I can understand it and relate to it, and they have kind of become country fans over the deal. So, so that's really cool. That's really so cool their jukebox ain't broke anymore. That's right. Their, their jukebox is getting bigger. They're putting more records in that jukebox, so that's good. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.